Stop begging! <laughs> okay, welcome back. Thanks for that one, Bobby. Listen, starting the show is sometimes pretty tricky. It's sometimes difficult to find a link to the show and sort of segue that into cricket. So, start the Six Nations. Let's talk some rugby. Scottish rugby, it is the gift that just keeps giving. On the back of just an absolute shocking World Cup, they give us Finn Russell and the debacle, which is something out of the 70s or 80s, drinking culture, (laughs) what a fucking shambles. Did you know Finn Russell, nephew of Bruce Russell? Bruce Russell, Stirling County, the legend that is Bruce Russell. Anyway, watching the rugby... Brainless performance, we're inside the 22, three, four times, and we cough the ball up, miss the penalty, and then the drop. The drop. Oh, I cannot believe it. I fell asleep, beginning of the the second half, wake up uh, and watch Hastings miss the kick. And then the commentators keep saying, if it wasn't for the drop over the line by Hogg. I'm thinking, what drop? Don't tell me. He's dropped the ball over the line. It's an absolute shocker. I just... So that brings me to, have you dropped a ball that's ended up with calamitous consequences? You've lost the game. You've had a Shane Warne drop in the ashes moment. Or what about that South African? I can't remember what his name is. He dropped the World Cup. Or you've got Craig Wright dropping the Scottish Cup. Sorry, Wrighty. Have you dropped a catch which had these consequences? Have you played in a game where you've been dropped and gone on to score a ton? Drop us a line on to Facebook and tell us about it and we'll put it on the shoe. Listen, enough of the clangers. Let's get on to the show. This week we've got Brian Clark, keeper, captain, batsman. Well, maybe batsman's gone a bit too far. But we've got Brian Clark on. He's talking last season. He's talking the hopes for this season. He's talking Greenock, Pollock, and we take a trip down memory lane. We talk about batsmen that you've played against that can't score a run for Toffee, but then everywhere else and against everybody else, they seem to score zillions of runs. Back in the day, Bruce Patterson couldn't score a run against West, but he scored runs everywhere. The Turk, Gordon McGurk of Ovadi, again, from my recollection, couldn't score a run against West, but he scored runs at Fergus Lee. A dog of Fergus Lee, a batsman who was brought up on hard wickets number of years in, in uh, Australia, and then he goes and scores zillions of runs at Fergus Lee. <laughs> really, really strange. But listen, without any more further ado, let's talk Brian Clark. So what I want to do, I've had a chat to you, listen to uh, Samir's... I heard Sammy, yeah. Yeah, about- Sammy's a great guy, we know him really, really well. Because he played at you. So yeah. Sammy appeared 2010, known a friend of a friend. Yep. And this bloke rocked up, former international, UAE sort of stuff, and we think, no real deal. He's a bowler, he's a proper off spinner. Uh-huh. Didn't think much of his batting at all. He ended up smashing a few to win a game at number 11. Yeah. And we used him as a pinch hitter, and he was an absolute revelation. Uh-huh. So he and Hoffy chased 300 nod at Grange one day, and he and Hoffy put on. Was like, that even a cup game then? No, 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 this no, was no, back no. National League days. All oh, right, okay. So we chased 300 nod, 
he and Hoffy put on a hundred nod in like eight overs. Right. And it was it was just ridiculous. Uh-huh. Sammy was unbelievable. They come back a few years later and he sort of flitted in and out a little bit and eventually moved on. But you know, we, we got on And he went off to Kelburn, I think, with Shaky for a year or two. Yeah, he, um, he got the nod from Shaky. Shaky was all over him. <laughs> As you know, Shaky can be. And I was good. Uh-huh. Very, very good. But a real good guy. You know, like, Certainly came across as, you know, 100% absolutely. Uh, the we, were, we were surprised to see him go to Wales. And I actually had spoken to him again before he we went to Wales. I might come back and stuff. And he said, ah, look, I want to go and have a crack at something. I yeah. Think, um, Uncle Zofi had had put the squeeze on him and said, you're the man. Right. So he's okay. gone and he's, he's done really well. Uh-huh. But because they've not, this is the first time that they'll be playing in the, the big league, the very, big show. Very first time they'll be in the Premier League. Don't know how they'll do it, but not many people fancy going to Wales, you know. If you've no. got a wet week and you're rocking up at Wales for uh-huh. Saturday, you well, we played a couple of games there. There was a Scottish Cup game I didn't play, but I played a night game, which was Rory's first game, and it was a half decent track. Ah, I mean, people talk about it being a little bit rope. Don't be careless when, when you speak to the Greenwoods who are so committed to what they do. Yeah. You know, and I, I suppose I've been Saturday doing bits and bobs in the ground games when they were the kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. The kids they come over and chat away. And these guys are absolutely on it, you know, so committed to what they've got. I think they've only got like five tracks in the block. Mm-hmm. They are really limited because the football are there until I think the first of May. That's when they're handed the ground back. Yes. So, so they don't have much time to prepare. They don't have a lot of time. They can do their prep stuff in the square, but not a lot apart from that. And you know, just like it's. They were keen as mustard and hell of a proud of the square because um, at half time, obviously, Rory's been playing and he's sort of test player, blah, blah, blah. So the, the, the groundsman goes up, you know, all bullish and saying, Well, what do you think of the track? What do you think of the track? Not, I think, quite realising that Rory had been used to Cape Town and an absolute road. So, and he was a bit disparaging about it. Uh, but, you know, from a Scottish standard, it was, it's it was fine. fine. It's yeah. absolutely fine. Compare it to some of the other places around the tracks, uh-huh. it's there's nothing wrong with it yeah. nothing wrong with it at all they've spent as much as they possibly can they've got a bit of investment I think from from Weir's pumps yeah. um, so they, they do really well so best of luck to them and I think he was talking as, as most I guess the skippers will be talking and you'll no doubt be talking later on about um, acquisitions and trying to but not putting any names in place so uh, they certainly seem to be talking to a few So I think I think who's yeah. not well, exactly. So I think there's a bit of a culture where, you know, we try to really organise really quickly and, and make sure we know what we've got for next year mm-hmm. and all the rest of it. And almost put it to bed, concentrating on stuff yep. that actually really matters within your club, getting the money and getting the, you know, your junior coaching right, getting the your schools programmes, whatever you've got in place. Mm-hmm. And then you can revert because you know everything's good. But all of a sudden you start your, your pre-season and, and people rock up and... You know, guys are keen and you get the sort of Chinese whispers things. It's a bit of a shame these days that people aren't committed to their clubs. I'm astonished, having having come back obviously after the years that I've had and being a dyed in the wool way. Absolutely. So so would anyone ever have approached yourself or Alan or Mike or, 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 Doc or, or, or any of these guys? Would no. they have dreamt of it? 
No, neither would you have dreamt of going Having said that, Mike Richardson did have a, f- a flitting year at Clydesdale, but I don't think sort of money or anything like that. No, but you're allowed a year and a half. I had a year and a half for Trumpelia like 15 uh-huh. years ago, so that's fine. Um, so these things happen. Um, McGuck went to the East. You, you went to the East, didn't you? Yes. Went to the East. Uh-huh. So those sort of things happen, but never the merry-go-round. And I just think... But do you think it's an entitlement? I mean, why did he do that? I mean, they're not going for the love of the game, one would have thought. Um, and so is there now almost an entitlement that if I'm playing at a certain level, then I expect to have uh, a little bit of a tickle? So, maybe. Who knows? Um, I think with the two-division structure or the multi-division structure, people definitely seem to have a little bit more ambition at play in the top league. So you discount Greenock, you discount Ayr from that because they'll always be sort of cyclical because they're so far out of the equation. But in and around Glasgow, people will move to whoever they perceive as you know, the place to be for them. Might put them in the short window for a bit of uh, warrior stuff at night, you know, give them a chance of winning something. Uh-huh. As you say, they you know, might be going places because they expect a, a whatever. But it's not going to necessarily help the clubs, is it? So no. it's like, you know, it's like an extension of what everybody said the National League would be, but it's kind of come home to roost. So it kind of makes the problem worse. Having said that... And it, it de-incentivises clubs, potentially, to put a lot of work into the youngsters when you're thinking, well, hold on here, you might just bugger off. Massively. Massively, but from your perspective... No, we had that with Angus Angus Galley. I mean, I know there's probably other... You know, our, our junior setup at that time wasn't the best, and then suddenly there was a... Know, I, call, I, I, I think there's that as well. I think, I think everybody can ask to keep their own house in order. So what do you try and do? You, you try and make everything we do as structured and as best as it possibly can be so your winter training you try and get it in the best facility your sort of coaching programme if you like you, you say well we're structured in that um, this guy leads it and we'll do mm-hmm. this and do that and whatever else and you know that's what will entice people to move and it, come along it's a bit like that Branson thing about training people so they can do the job but treating them so well that they don't want to leave. Well, you think I so. guess, and that's a sort of culture thing. Thanks so. But you know, it should always be you try and make facilities as best you possibly can, mm-hmm. produce your own players, um, and encourage people to become part of your club. Yeah, that's what you want to achieve. Surely, you know. So I don't know. I, it's a shame because you're never going to be in a situation where you grow up with a bunch of guys and, and those are the guys that you play the entire cricket and life with and the next generation fall through and so on and so forth. Do you think that's gone? I think so, yeah. I really do. I really do. With that's a real shame. You know, from talking to two guys, me and you, who have gone through the system and been, in essence, diehard West yeah. and diehard yeah. Uddingston. Yeah. Um, so I think you'll get that at certain places mm-hmm. and it's nice to see, but realistically, you're never going to turn anyone away from your club. But you're always going to think about consequences of having not enough club guys. Uh-huh. Um, I think we've been through that cycle. West have probably been through that cycle. Everyone has, you know. So yeah. Go back to our years in the National League. And it, it kind of devalued the club a little bit, where we, we didn't have as strong a club ethos as we might have done. And mm-hmm. we, didn't have, um, we didn't have a great junior programme. We didn't have... 
a second eleven full of kids and all that sort of stuff. So that's what you're trying to yeah. re- you know, reverse. You're trying to have let's be as successful as we can on the pitch and but let's have a stronger club and a stronger club mentality as mm-hmm. we can. I mean there'll always be and to a certain extent there was that um, situation where you used to get players who who would come on. For example, Gregor Maiden joined us from Kelburn. from Kelburn. Yeah. Um, and uh, Dougie Lockhart joined us from, from Glasgow Ackies I think that if you can keep these guys then you're demonstrating they're actually doing something well within your, your club I don't think anybody would recognise beyond people that know would recognise Dougie as anyone other than a West he mm-hmm. moved to West because well he was never going to achieve what he wanted to achieve at a glass of Yeah, so that's a fair point. It was Tim McCarthy and probably Gregor, slightly similar, you know. Mm-hmm. And Gregor moved east, but he's never left the club that he moved east to. So these are guys who are probably really club minded. I know Dougie always was. And, uh-huh. and was, a, was a great ambassador. Well, that was true, Stevie Gilmore. Yeah. Ended up yeah. going to Carlton, yeah. and then yeah, I guess now, whilst in the West, where he's always a West guy, but I think if you talk to Stevie Gilmore, in a sort of Scottish cricket context, people would say, well, he's Carlton. Oh, absolutely, yeah. 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 Listen, let's talk about last year. Um, when did you think that you were title contenders? Oh, I think... Realist- day one? Or- realistically, we thought we, we had a real, real good chance. But I think you're looking over the road and you're thinking about other clubs and you're thinking about you guys have been Rory, which mm-hmm. was massive. You know that... Presswick are always going to be very, very competitive. Fergusly, equally, always very, very competitive. Yeah. But I guess we had some big results pretty early. So the, the game away to Fergusly. It well, was I was going to talk. That was the second game of the season. Yeah, so you've, you've rolled, you've rolled um, Drumpies in the first game of the season. Yeah, so, so Drumpies, without a pro, turning up on a nice fresh pitch early doors, you win the toss, you stack them in, you bully them a little bit. And you go over the line because Oasis scored a breathtaking 100 and it all looks very good. Everything the Gardens rosy. Mm. It's the only game that we played in the league that day, so you're feeling pretty good about things. Go to Fergusley the following week. It's very early season at Fergusley. 106, so 45 they get. <laughs> you expect you know, what you're, you're going to get, and that's fair enough. It's the weather, it's Scotland, it's, it's Fergusley in you know, a very cold, wet uh-huh. spring, so fine. Yeah, have a good long hard think about whether you bought any bowl because actually we went there the year before and were in exactly the same situation. Won the toss bowled mm-hmm. and we did them for maybe one thirty. The last wicket put on twenty or so and we were about scrapping mm-hmm. and we were nowhere close, Jason. Nowhere close. Right. So what did we do this time? Well look, you look at the pitch and just think oh, I'm bowling regardless here uh-huh. because that's what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm going to be absolutely front foot forward. And then I think we were 30 for five. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm wandering round the boundary thinking, feet up today, away, and I'm going to look after this. Yeah, no yeah, at all. yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden you think, oh no, here we go. So, you know, we, we've got the two, two younger guys in the top five, I think, that day. So I think we had maybe Fergus at four and Sam five or six and Sean Paul he's, he's getting they're just like oh I've just come off a, I went to the crunching cover drives yeah, and, uh-huh. and hooking and pulling and, 
a Hiram and something that that's not going to happen and, and a real good attack is going to get the thing off the square Jamie Carruthers and you've got Riyadh and you've got um, can't remember the fellow's name now who's quite quite sharp anyway you've got these real good, real good bowlers and, and a bit of him to come so here we are and it's left to Neil Alexander now and we can uh, dig it out playing the most horrible dogged disgusting <laughs> traditional Westy cricket you could ever imagine right so you go over line at that point you think you know what last year we folded at this and do you think level. that that is then you're thinking use the skipper you, you, your other night, 10 players might not have that but you as the skipper thinking you know what that is going to give us a huge amount of confidence moving forward absolutely because you're looking at the big four aren't you you're looking at fairly West Presswick and I guess Clydesdale as well mm-hmm. and then you throw ourselves in and that, those are the big four games that you need to get something from because yeah. you reckon we'll all be in the shake-up so yeah that stage you think great you know we're really in the front foot here but we never really clicked beyond that point until later in the season yes I think because you, nice. you got knocked out of the Scottish early doors and that. well we had the we had the horrible week Horror where show. we we lost to you guys we, you know we Restricted you guys to the 140 or whatever, yeah. 160. Yeah. And again, a decent pitch. Are they all right? A little bit of rain interrupted, but I think got this. Uh-huh. Pretty good here. 100 and odd for none. Really got this. We lose a flurry of wickets. We end up, I think, five short. And, you know, the catch is taken. I had just got out, having been hitting the head. But <laughs> <laughs> and so, happened for four. Gav came out the next, the first ball, the next over. And I'm standing on the boundary's edge, just kind of going, oh, watching the over unfold. Yeah. And it's it's James Fenner that takes the catch. That's number right. 11. On, on the boundary. Smashed this thing. It's still up the wind a little bit. Uh-huh. And Fenner's bent back over the boundary. Uh-huh. And he's foot that away from the rope. So yeah. from that balcony, looking down from up above, everybody's like, six, six, six. Yeah. And I just went, nah. I just shook his hand. Uh-huh. Well done, mate. That's great. The next day, we do Clydesdale for 90 Scottish Cup. Yes. And... Again, we blow it. We absolutely get rolled. The following Thursday, we play Ferguson in the Round Cup. Very good. 20 over side. Real flat pitch at our day. Quick outfield, the whole bit. The pumpers. Oh, wow. See, I didn't know that. So you've gone three in the loss. Three and in a row. Right. So that so you're thinking, the confidence you're for sure. After that, I can't remember where we went after that. I think we might have gone Pollock, maybe. Sterling Sterling County so we're Sterling our day on Saturday and we think right guys we really need to tune in here we really need to get back on it but we didn't over think it over analyse it whatever we just we just get back on mm. it and the guys all jump back into it we went great against Sterling actually um, Harry Singh got a 75 yeah that's right and really held it together we got 200 nod um, and they were probably in 183 all out in nah, 45 nah, nah. No? They, they weren't in it the, the, the fella Tom Jones the left hander got 60 odd but I would I would be pretty certain it was out there four times in the process <laughs> possibly right. drop, but it was it was one of those innings where the guy dug in and turned the strike over and stuff uh-huh. and their number 10 had come in and had proceeded to slap Gav Main off the side screen right, and got it up to and Gav and just let the handbrake okay. off and, and that was that yeah. so it wasn't that close but I think that that week kind of forced us forward a little bit and did you say anything particularly to the guys did you sit them down and say listen guys this is the you know the next couple of games we're going to have to no I think you go one game at a time but, but after that Ferguson game we just kind of went oh well it's not going to get any worse than this 
Right. Let's just get back here. Early it was Saturday morning, proper warm up, right back into it. Mm-hmm. And then I suppose we went individually to one or two of them and said, come on, you know, and your style of captaincy would be sort of arm around the shoulder or carrot and stick or fire and brimstone or a uh, amalgam of all a, a wee bit of everything I think um, I'm not I'm not a big ranter or raver to the guys don't see any value in it uh-huh. we are pretty laid back um, try and do things as well as we possibly can and try and be pretty honest in approach mm-hmm. uh, what can I how can I possibly tell um, Mohammed Awais that's going to change the way he bats. What can I possibly tell him? Yeah. I can't, can you know, change his technique. I, I have no insight into the way he hits the ball, for Christ's sake. You know, I, <laughs> it's absolute polar opposite. So, yeah. I'm just going to encourage that fella and, and uh-huh. back him all the way. Yeah, because he he's going to come off. Yeah, he's going to come off on the team, isn't he? He's, he's good enough. He, he so, your batting was pretty strong. You had a 3 5 2 from Athis and away with 3 4 2. And then Gav Bradley, talk about that. I mean, so 2 2 7, he's come so right 2 2 7 only from 7 games. Well, he was third in the averages. Yeah, but he's only played 7 or 8 games. Yeah, so, Gav started right. the season in the twos. Again, you want to pro- really, really promote the young guys. So, uh-huh. yeah, the Ferguson Sam in the top six for a few weeks wasn't really working out, and, and we changed the approach slightly. Sam had gone to play some tours and, and Fergus had, had dropped back down a little bit and and probably was the it's the easy one for me, it's my son, so I can kinda mm-hmm. be not entirely fair, but you always have the one young guy who uh, you know good bit of talent and all that sort of stuff, but just not quite there. But you want him in the team and stuff. So yeah. Easy one. Um so Gav came back in and really had a run that, that was brilliant. He scored a fabulous 60-odd against Clydesdale last day of the season. Because there was a little wobble there, and I, I guess you probably needed him to we, to do something yeah, there. so we had Gav, and last game of the season we had Gav and Amma batting at 4-5, and, and I'm looking at it and thinking, my God, Gav and Amma have probably batted 4-5 for 15 years. Mm-hmm. And they come up trumps, because yeah. they old heads, know what they're doing, strong characters, guts it out and, and found a way. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so Gav was a massive bonus. Gav's getting older, but he actually mm-hmm. he actually plays with a little bit more freedom now and is arguably a better player than he was when he joined us in around 2008, mm-hmm. 2007, I can't remember which, but he kind of plays with freedom. Yeah. Um, and he speaks really well in the dressing room and, and another guy that encourages and and manages and pushes games yeah. on. I think if you look at the numbers as well, you know, Ross didn't score a huge amount of runs for us at all. And Ross is a, Ross is a guy who's had 500 run please. Yeah, seasons, you know? yeah, yeah. He's scored hundreds and stuff like that. So, yeah, we were, we were there or thereabouts, but we probably didn't entirely click at any given time. I think it was more a case of different people sticking their hands up. You said the phrase, you found a way, and I think there are a number of games, and I guess that's true of most sides that win the league, that they do find a way to win games which they possibly wouldn't have done. Talk, talk us through the two Greenock games. So the Greenock games, we were, we were short at Adi um, in terms of runs. And we blew so that, was the, that was the first, first game, game of the yeah, season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, their pro looked as if they were going to take it away from us. Um, Abdul Sabi got him out with a fantastic ball 
it was an old ball early goals mm-hmm. and then eventually we managed it through I think we worked our way up to near a denial in 200 against Green and but it was a wee bit tighter than we we probably thought or anticipated or maybe it was a one I can't remember 1-3-4 all out at Adi? yeah no uh-huh sure yeah 1-3-4 all out 36.5 oh well that was a lot tighter than I thought what did we do them for though 85 Um Gav Main eventually get the pro and we just managed it so uh-huh. that was fine at that point Greenock were very poor but mm-hmm. when we played them down they were down I mean listen if you talk to anybody around the traps they were down and dead and buried you know with five games to go I, but I think everybody haven't seen Bandicar from the last year or two yeah, knew that still, it was good enough to uh-huh. do something that would beat someone as it probably transpired against West yes it's because 100 and uh-huh. wins a game now we we went down there fully aware that you know West had stumbled down there, thinking exactly at the same time that oh, it's a real, a real sticky one. What was the track like? And 102, what you posted in 37. Well, so. It wasn't great. They, they, no, he played the Westwood Cup there the week before uh-huh. in the final and lost. Yep. Um, they probably shave it, which. Jeez, they're on the sand, that's not a great idea. So they're really, the track and the square, it looks better. It looks a lot better, Uh it's a lot healthier. But I would never shave a pitch. No, that's a strange one. Never shave a pitch, just roll it as hard as you can. Uh If you need to take some grass. So did the thing just explode? The thing was was up and down. It was up and down, not a lot sideways, up and down. A lot of guys bowled, a lot of LBW. But we were poor, we should have been better than that. Than 102. Absolutely. Right. So um, we blew them away. It rained actually as well. Um, it was shortened. Again, Gav got banned the car pretty early and, and we turned them over. Um, they were maybe about 80, but we were, we were in a good place. Uh huh. Um, Ross and Amaron just strangling the life out of Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And those two, well, they're, they're pretty special. Guys that know what they're doing. Good, 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 good. Um, and then from your own point of view, seventeen catches and seven stumping still got the, uh, still got it there. I still, I still can catch the ball. Yes, <laughs> I still catch the ball. <laughs> so listen, can we expect any new faces at Addington? I don't really know. I think, as I said, there's you know there's going to be guys doing the rounds and and going round the traps. Yeah. Don't expect anyone to to leave us certainly. And Neil Alexander not going back down the road to I'm join not, his chums. Nah, he lives in works in Glasgow. So why would he? So yeah, why would he? That's the, the reason he, he came along. And uh-huh. he, you know, Neil's. He didn't seem to do as well, maybe as he as he should have done with the bat. Did, um, did he feel that, or did, I think did you maybe not have enough as much of an opportunity there because your batting is stronger than he than probably never quite get the opportunity. Uh-huh. Now, Neil was a guy who he might you know put out of the light with saying this, but he was a guy who I'd never seen score a run, and I sort of assumed he was a bit of a tail ender, you know, uh-huh. a proper tail ender. But you do find that with some players though that they get a bit of a reputation. You think like. Especially if they don't score runs at a particular venue, and that team then thinks, well, how on earth are they you scoring know, runs elsewhere? I'll be honest with you. never scored a run against I, us. I used to have this argument with Toon about you. Right. And I used to say, never seen him score a run. Uh-huh. And I reckon he probably scored the odd 20 against us. Uh-huh. Mind you, he had Hoffy to deal with, so that was, yeah. that's a fair cop. 
But Toon used to absolutely say, no, 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 you're so wrong, you're absolutely wrong. But I think as a batsman, you enjoy playing at certain Plates, venues. Yeah, so yeah. Clydesdale, I love Clydesdale because the ball was coming yeah. on and you can deflect, yeah. and, and so I scored a lot of runs there. West, obviously. Um, Greenock, I hate. <laughs> I don't think I've scored more than 10 at Greenock. Just well, absolutely. And Gordon McGurk was the same. Gordon McGurk couldn't score a run for Toffee against West. Never. Aye. So he used to say that. Gordon would score runs for fun at Fergusley, though. What, that one out? You know, yeah. for a guy that wanted to go in the back through yes. the punch and uh-huh. deflect uh-huh. a little bit and stuff. And Bod was the same. Uh-huh. Never scored a run against against West. Yeah. Um, it was strange. Right, so anyway, Neil Alexander. So Neil Alexander. Um, Neil, I, I just thought, was a, was, a, was a real good bowler, but mm-hmm. a proper tail end. I think he sort of did a bit of work with the guy. See what he's got in his locker and they're thinking, actually, this guy can play in a... I'm sort of saying, why have you never batted sort of six, five, whatever? And I had a Vries team that was maybe in the way in a little bit. And mm-hmm. I think he didn't have the opportunity to practice because he was travelling. Yeah. Um, I suppose as a, a player that's grown up somewhere and you get a little bit pigeonholed and things, but Neil's a guy who, in club cricket, could be a proper all-rounder, you know? So you, you start with him, and even practising the other week, he's on the sidearm and you know, you're firing balls at him and he's, he's crunching these big mm-hmm. off traps. He's, mm-hmm. he's got a lot in his locker. Um, That's interesting. And so he's got really a bit better, you know. So you mentioned training there, so you're, you're up and running with training. Where do you do your training? So we, we're at Hutchie this year. All right, okay. Where have you been pre- prior to that? Um, bomb shelter. Why have you been our yeah. place? <laughs> I really like the bomb shelter because if you just want to bat and bowl yeah. and just get guys hitting balls, it's uh-huh. great. Obviously it doesn't cost a lot of money. But I think we just felt that we had decent numbers last year, and, and when you get it doesn't 15, hold 20 guys, yeah, 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 it's not ideal. You uh-huh. know, and all of a sudden, somebody's you know, you get a race of someone start smearing balls back, and you've got the you odd know, 15, 16 year old kid. Uh, okay, yeah, it's yeah, not it, ideal. It's a bit hairy. So, we've got a hutch here that, that allows us a little bit more space and time and, yes. and stuff to do stuff. Um, Ross is kind of organising Marshall and the guys which is mm-hmm. good and, and numbers wise I mean how many weeks have you been healthy we've that? only been in a couple of weeks so okay. I think we're probably pushing 15 20 each week well, that's good which is good it's good and it's the usual mix you know how it goes when you've you rock up to pre-season training it's, it's guys that you haven't seen for six months and you're like ah super yeah. keen I'll uh-huh. around all that sort of stuff and, and so that's one of the things that we're lucky with West is that because we've got the facility there, we can stream the stuff. Yeah. So, so you, you know, ones it. and twos, you know, twos and threes, and 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 the rest, and so therefore you, you feel as if you're getting a, a proper. I, and and I guess respect. it was always the way there was a there was a get a sort of Friday night club at West where guys would go for the hat. Yeah. Okay. There was always guys like um, I don't know, like like. Greg Watson would always go for a hat on a Friday night. He uh-huh. used to say, even Cammy or whoever was going to bowl at him, yeah. more than happy to. So there was always that opportunity. Uh-huh. I think it's still pretty unique to that facility. Um, unique? Yes, yeah. it's described as many things. <laughs> <laughs> but it's there. Yes, well, most of the time. Most yeah. of the time. So um, it, is, it is great. And I have to say, it's, it's where I learned to Coach, play. Yeah. You know? yeah. So um, I'm obviously happy with that. Uh, so let's talk about who's who's going to be second. So let's assume that you're going to win again. <laughs> uh, I, wouldn't think, I wouldn't assume who, too much. Who I do think, you think is going to be up there? I think you're looking at the same the same top five from last year, possibly. 
I reckon you guys will, will come out with a good pro, be it Rory or otherwise, so therefore I'll be strong and, and you've got that bit of depth now. Mm-hmm. So, um, Presswick are always going to be competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, they'll be in the market for a, for a good, solid overseas amateur. And, um, it'll be the same bunch of guys that, mm-hmm. have, that have done so well for them. Um, Fergusly are the interesting ones because if Hamza and Mikey reappear, then they're going to be very, very strong because they will have an amateur, they will have a pro, which gives them a, a huge amount of depth. Yes. Uh, guys that know what they're doing and have been around the traps and uh-huh. all stuff. Uh-huh. So I would reckon it'll be of that five, where the fifth one will be Clydesdale. Clydesdale, Shaky come back, would you Would you bet against Shaky doing well at Clydesdale? I think he'll do well there, mainly because it probably suits his game. Ball coming on and... I think it'll be a nice environment for Shaky and that well, he's all of a sudden he'll be coming home but he'll be going to a club where he can rock up and really concentrate on his cricket. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have much. all the other yeah. bits and pieces so that are he's, going he's on. got Captain Wheels and Kelburn. They did very well at Kelburn actually. Um, and got East Kilbride and East Kilbride were obviously aside in the, the Wayne and I think going back to Clydesdale where he's got you know, a good bit of support round about him and he knows that if he's in a partnership with a, an Angus guy or a Paddy Barber or whoever it may be then mm-hmm. they're going to be pretty solid so I think they'll be back in the money this year probably like a bowler um, they had a fella from Leicester somewhere who was, was opening the bowling for them last year okay, he right. just sort of wheeled in after about three weeks of the season okay. <laughs> one of those blokes so don't know if he'll be making the round trip every week no no. you would assume there's, there's another cab off the rank to come for Clydesdale it's a bit of a factory over there in terms of numbers and yes. kids and they're always I'm not sure the numbers they never have been yeah, they're always looking to you know improve and so. Pollock I'm, I'm hearing various stories about Pollock and, and they, they I think are struggling on the back <clears> of if they're looking to try and make money out of the bar then that's going to be difficult for them the tennis seems to be no longer operational there and I'm just you know, fearful for, for a club like that I guess everything is based on Keith and, and the amount of effort time Keith's able to put in it uh-huh. It might be a little bit soul-destroying for Keith. I know that uh, Kelpie still is quite involved with the juniors, and, mm-hmm. and David James is, seems to be around a little bit, yeah. but but it's all in Keith, isn't it? And no-one wants to get in that situation. It's very difficult. It's that thing about <coughs> the club environment and the club cricket that you need more than one person. You need more yeah. people helping out. It's and unfair, and Keith's innovated there because I, I don't know that there was a particularly strong, you know, culture of using the bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know that you're going to attract many locals in to, yeah. to use the place for functions and things. Mm-hmm. So, like every sports club, it's a real, real tussle. He's done things, like he's brought in, I think there's people who use bits and pieces of facilities for... Um, like, like metafit classes and things like that. Yeah, well, you've got to you've got to fitness and uh-huh. stuff. <clears throat> you've got to be thinking outside the box to but get I, revenue in these days. I read somewhere that um, they were going to ban cars. Cars, I heard that as well. Which would be would be really difficult for them. Really difficult. So fearful for Pollock. In my day, you grew up with Pollock being pretty strong, um, pretty robust in their outlook. Mm. Kelpie and 
and Charlie McBride and all these guys. Yeah. Always a good pro. Well, Donny Orr, Donny Orr before he went to Clydesdale. Yeah. All these um, boys, good cricketers. Yeah. Real tough place to go. Yeah. Boys that, that love their own Cash club. Sheridan and Aye. yeah. So yeah, fear for them a little bit, and, and like you, I don't know if there's some rumours going around or something. Things are changing. There. I don't know, but mm-hmm. you would. Well, let's hope that, that what I've heard isn't, isn't yeah, the, the yeah. case. And, and you would uh, hate to see them struggle. Uh huh. So talking of struggling, anybody that you think is going to struggle, um, and I think um, Dumfries will come up with some renewed kind of vigor and mm-hmm. a bit of hunger for it. Mm-hmm. You spend a season in that lower league, and I suppose it could be a bit demoralising because some of the facilities aren't great. Mm. Tough league to get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess they'll come up with a renewed vigor. You would imagine it will be the, the usual fellas because, like Aaron Greenock, they're in their own little enclave, mm-hmm. they don't get a lot through traffic. Um, so they'll have an amateur or a pro that will that will yeah. really make yeah. a difference for them. Great place to go and play cricket. Yeah, mm. love it down there. Um, and a really really good bunch of guys yes real good bunch of guys yeah Weirs you, you know you've seen them coming up I think it will depend on who who Sammy can can get along to see how strong they're going to be mm-hmm. but you wouldn't put it past Weirs turning over a few uh, down there yeah and as I said Sammy Sammy's a proper cricketer and they'll win games for them I so think it's going to be vital and I said this to Sammy in the interview that it's going to be vital for I suppose for all teams but certainly for those that are coming up that if they can just win you know a couple out of the first four mm-hmm. just to give themselves some confidence and see where that takes them absolutely I think you would look at Greenock and say I think they've, they've got a Sri Lankan pro and depending on how he goes we've, we've Sri Lankan a guy called Raz so Bandicar's not coming back Bandicar's no, going to Ireland has he right. to Ireland and we've got a Sri Lankan pro I believe who could be a hit or miss. The, the fella that played for drums last year, that was Sri Lankan, looked a very, very good cricketer, but never really made an impression. Well, he scored any runs, really, did he? No, he didn't. But no. well, playing against us at drums, he, he, he got out driving a cover, and you just think, <laughs> "Don't do that, drums <laughs> until August." I wouldn't bother, you know. <laughs> so it, 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 something that he's maybe thought I can just play through the line. Yeah, and, and then things stopped on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's maybe just been held back a lot. Uh-huh. So. I think depending how he goes will depend how they go but they've yeah. got some young boys they've got the boy um, look at the under 19 yeah Fisher Keogh uh-huh. Sean Fisher Keogh I think don't know geez they didn't do well in the World Cup what happened there I saw that they beat the UAE I think I think they, they won a game and I think they lost to Pakistan today didn't they did they was oh were they playing against Pakistan right I've not sure. lost. I, I kind of lost track a little bit uh-huh. Have Scotland ever really competed at a, an under nineteen World Cup? No, you know, playing against India and Australia, the guys played first class cricket, at best at worst. The Aussies boys are playing mm-hmm. great cricket. Mm-hmm. The England boys are all being county deals. But I certainly thought that from what you see on the Facebook etc. that they seem to be a buzz about the whole thing, and then think it has to be. There's, there. you know, there's, there's some really good guys involved. Cedric English, who's looking after the team. Who is he doing it? Is he? Yeah, yeah. Right. Pretty sure Gordon Drummond's involved. He is, yeah. Real good people. Um, some of the young players that are there, I think it's guys there. Yeah. Um, the Kirsten, pe- the good and the keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom McIntosh. Yeah. So that an incredible run. He's only 16, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. He's, Grange. Yep. He's doing okay. brilliantly at Grange, working with Blaney, and 
I and what's Blaney? Is Blaney buggered off to, oh, to Heriot's? Is that the school know. or is that... I, I would assume that's the school. Yeah, because so. he was at Loretto, because Hinchy's picked up his job. It's, ah, not, it's a very good So Hinchy's out at Loretto. Okay. Blaney's gone to Heriot's. I'm assuming that's the school. Assume that's the school, yeah. But because whether he's, or not he's, he's very, got very a square to play on will be another thing. I know, <laughs> that's, that's a terrible shame. I was never a fan of Heriot's. I'll... Um, it's a nice enough ground to play on, but in one of those Edinburgh wide open grounds where I think we had grown up going to clubs. Yeah. So if you're going to West, you're, you're enclosed. Yes. If you're going to, yeah, exactly. So you're enclosed and you're used to uh-huh. playing at a club. You would go to Heriot's, there's no bar to speak of. Teas were pork pies and a block of cheese and a plastic knife. <laughs> well, they were very good when we played. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, so it was. It, it, it just never felt like a club right. although they've done very very well yeah. again good guys involved like uh, Kevin McLaren I don't know if uh-huh. come across yeah, yeah. Guy. Um, and a, a good facility uh-huh. a real real shame it's, why would you ever do that to a very kind of it's well established cricket ground it's especially when there's ground there that you can actually go and say well so go and play hockey near the road there's, there's two hockey pitches uh-huh. up beyond I don't understand it bizarre understand it listen I think that's where we shall leave it best of luck for the season I do appreciate you coming into the office that's much appreciated and uh, we'll try and get this out uh, what's now Thursday let's get out the weekend yeah alright alright good he loves a bit of coverage, does Brian. He's always cool for a comment, and it doesn't hold back, does he? Listen, next week we're on the hunt for another captain. I'm probably going to try and get in touch with Paddy. So, Paddy, if you're listening, I'm going to get in touch. And uh, the main question I'm going to ask is, is where, what are you going to do with Shaky? Where are you going to put Shaky in that order? I think he's going to be a good signing for you and it'll be interesting just to see what your thoughts are. As ever, contacting us, probably best uh, onto the Facebook page. You can become a member. It's an open site, but it'd be great to get you on that. And Twitter, so we're still doing the Twitter stuff, so uh, we'll start putting a few bits and pieces on Twitter. I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I'm going to go off down to the gym, uh, try and haul my sad bunch of bones onto the running machine in preparation for another pre-season. It's been Out the Shoe. You've been listening to Out the Shoe. We're sometimes right, we're sometimes wrong. We're always certain.